Yo, what's going on, Sleeper Nation? We're back with another deep dive episode, and today we're hitting the AFC South. As per usual, this is Natter, and of course, I have the number one Australian analyst with me. As per usual, Sheehan, man. Let everybody know how you are. Yeah, good, man. How are you? Oh, I can't complain. I left work a little bit early, so it feels a little nice inside, and... uh yeah, it's always nice leaving work early. Oh, perfect. I, let me ask you a, a question off the top here. Do you ever watch Good Morning Football? Mm, I mean, I know of it, and I don't really watch it, no. I have to say Because I feel, I feel like they're coming for our spot as the world's number one intercontinental football product. Kyle Brandt is in Australia at the moment, recording the show from there. He's doing my thing up at all sorts of hours of the night to be on with them. And I've got to say, they're coming for our corner. So it's good that we're here, and we've come for their corner We've got uh, we've got two guests with us tonight. We've got our own Peter Schrager and Kay Adams. Oh, that's I, I, man, I'll that's, okay. that, that's pretty good. I like that. I like that a lot. Of course, George Reed with us for the first time since we stole his podcast. Actually, uh, that's a complete true story. This used 100% to be his show. True. This is yep. used to be his show, and it's mine now. All right, sorry, our Sheehan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, That's my fine, bad. My, my ego got the best of me there. But of course, we also have the co-owner of the DLF, host of the DLF podcast, godfather of Dynasty Football, Ryan McDowell. Hopefully I said your name right. Introduce That's us. it. You, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. There thanks for having me on, guys. Ryan, does it get mad when somebody calls you the godfather of uh, Dynasty Football? Like, I, I feel like it's an innuendo, like he's old. He's the godfather. Oh yeah, yeah. The 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 age part definitely uh, comes into play there, but uh, I mean, no, that's you know, it's it's always you know nice to be thought of uh, in, in that high regard, I guess. Well, if you think about it, I mean, if you have like a superior god complex, then it could be a really good thing because it has the name God. In it. <laughs> That's true. I, I don't know if that's me, but uh, that's that no, true. Nope, it's not. I, w- I would say it's not you, Ryan. <laughs> All right. So, we're, of course, we're going to talk about some NFL news. We got a lot of news. Actually, we don't have that much news. It's just super important news. How about that? Is that fair, guys? Yep, I think so. All right, cool. So, the Atlanta Falcons trade the all-decade wide receiver, potential future Hall of Fame, Julio Jones to the Tennessee tie-ins. I mean, it, we could sit there and talk about trade details all we want, but, of course, this is a fantasy show. And this is going to have huge fantasy implications. Sheehan, we'll start with you first. Are, are, are Is this an upgrade for Julio? Uh, I can't imagine it being, but for yours. I think it's probably a wash, to be honest. Um, the He's not going to get the 600. Well, Ryan throws the ball 600 plus times a year. He's not going to get that in Tennessee. They're a very efficient offense as opposed to a volume offense. But um, I think he ends up just about the same. I mean, Corey Davis uh, was on pace for... For seventeen game season, just short of fourteen hundred la- yards last year. Anyway, uh, at at eighty three a game, I think that's about where Julio will be. Anyway, like fourteen hundred is a classic Julio number. He's never been a big touchdown guy, so he doesn't really take a hit there. And the Titans are going to be a good offense, um, provided they can continue to be efficient. Yeah, George. What about AJ Brown? He he's the hot topic of all of this. So I, I don't think it it affects AJ Brown a whole lot. Um, he, listen, he's not going to get 175 targets like a lot of people were thinking before the trade uh, that he might get, but he's still going to see 120, 125 targets a year uh, this year. Um, Julio Jones is going to step in, and between uh, Corey Davis and John Smith, I believe there's something like 150 vacated targets there. So he, not saying Julio Jones is going to absorb all 150 targets, but adding Julio Jones to that offense is going to allow – AJ Brown to see a little bit more single coverage where before he was seeing double coverage. 
Um, the person that really has me excited for is Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Like you're not stacking the box against this team. And Ryan Tannehill is just, he's got weapons galore. I've got, I moved him from a top, the top, uh, nine quarterback. I'm at number nine right now. I moved him all the way up to number five. That might be even pretty conservative in all of my redraft leagues and such. I was targeting either Dak Prescott or Ryan Tannehill. I think I would have to go with Ryan Tannehill now. I mean, in the elite quarterbacks, you have, of course, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. You have uh, now Josh Allen. He's entering that tier. And now Dak Prescott, He, I believe it's fair to say he entered that tier last year. And now we got Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Mr. Ryan, do you, would you, do you have like a preference and ranking in between all those quarterbacks? I mean, Tannehill would probably still be – uh, I mean, certainly be behind Dak for me and, and the others in that range. But uh, but I agree with George. It, it's obviously good news for him. Uh, I don't think it hurts A.J. Brown too much. Agree with that as well. Um, Tannehill out of all of this is, is probably the big winner, though. I think the biggest winner would be Calvin Ridley. I mean, he, he used to be the Robin to a Batman, even though he was still playing like a Batman. And now he gets to be the Batman all to himself, Ryan. I mean, if, if this is dynasty, is he even tradable for like, he, would he cost too much? Um, you know, his dynasty price, I think is, he's, he's going to gain some value certainly. Uh, but we, we kind of knew this was coming. So we've already seen him rising a little bit in, in dynasty ADP. Um, there's also some concern about, about his age, you know, certainly not that he's old or, or too old to produce, but, um, I think he's too old to become a, a top three dynasty wide receiver. You know, you're looking at AJ Brown and DK Metcalf and, and other younger receivers. So value wise, I, I think he has a ceiling that's going to keep him, um, you know, as someone who can be traded and, and you can actually go and acquire right now. I, I don't know if I tried to do it in season. That's, that's when he's going to be uh, very expensive. Mm-hmm. And right now, for somebody that is 26 years old, of course, Calvin Ridley's age, hey, if you already have him, like I do in a couple of leagues, then, I mean, I'm licking my chops right now. I think, oh, yeah. I'm think i thinking I'm getting at least five years of wide receiver one undisputed right now. That, that, that is my expectations. But, of course, what about Matt Ryan? It's, it's hard to say that he's going to be okay after losing one of the top five wide receivers in the NFL. But, I mean... How comfortable are we with him? I mean, I think he take, takes a step back. You know, since since the trade, the the splits of what Ridley's done with Julio Jones off the field have have been going around, and obviously they're they're very good. But the Matt Ryan stats uh, are splits without Julio uh, are not not so great. Um, it, it really just makes you wonder what the Falcons are doing. Honestly, uh, I mean, they give they they redo the Matt Ryan contract. They pass on the quarterback um, at at four. Just a couple of bad decisions when they knew they were in cap trouble already. Sometimes uh, a team that doesn't really know what they're doing just kind of keeps doing what they're doing, which they're just kind of falling backwards. I feel like they're kind of sleepwalking. They're not really know what they're doing. They're just kind of moving forward and hoping for the best at this point. But right now we got some redraft little rankings right here. Right now, Matt Ryan is QB 14, pick number 89. George, is that fair? Or uh, is he just not even on the table? I I think that he'll be gone now way before uh, the 14th quarterback off the board. Um, For a little perspective, uh, a couple of eliminators that I'm in, uh, being that they're super flex, the first two, my first two picks were quarterbacks and I went with, uh, Dak Prescott and Ryan Tannehill. And I took Tannehill as the quarterback, I think 10 
in one league and quarterback 12 off the board in another. And this was before the, the news of Julio Jones being traded to Tennessee. But I was drafting Tannehill with the assumption that Julio Jones was going to Tennessee. Um, like I said earlier, I think he easily is going to climb up into the top 10 uh, quarterbacks taken. And I think he'll finish. I mean, he finished last year quarterback eight overall in fantasy. So you're telling me he's going to lose John o. Smith and Corey Davis, but he's going to gain Julio Jones and not finish at least the quarterback eight. No, I, I think he finishes a lot better. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. Now, Sheen with Calvin Ridley, he's pick, he's wide receiver number five, pick number 22. So he, he's going pretty early right now. Are you, is this somebody you target? I think he's got the potential to be the wide receiver one this year. Um, people were excited prior to the trade, the prospect of AJ Brown getting 250 targets, 10 million targets, whatever it was going to be. That's going to be Calvin Ridley now. It's going to be a downgrade for Ryan to go from you know, Julio Jones to, to Russell Gage, who's a nice player, but he's no Julio Jones. So. I think we're going to see Ridley get a hell of a lot of targets and, and targets is, is opportunity. I mean, although Ryan is, is going to be less of a, a quarterback, I think he's still going to be throwing 600 times a year. And most of that, I think, is still going to be going to Calvin Ridley. The interesting one it is, and I'm sure you're going to roll onto this, is, uh, is Kyle Pitts. I think we're going to see him playing a lot of outside receiver this year as opposed to, uh, as opposed to tight end. I think we'll see Hurst lined up in line and, and Pitts moved around, which I think we're probably always going to see anyway. But looking down that roster, they don't really have any guys who are built to play outside. I think Pitts is going to be that guy. So do you expect like a tight end conversion to a wide receiver or like a Jimmy Graham scenario where he just happens to be out wide? I think he's probably going to play there as a necessity rather than a a permanent switch. He's always going to be a a big wide receiver at tight end. I mean, that's the beauty of him. That's why he's going off the board so early in in all sorts of leagues. So it's not really a change. It's probably more that he's going to line up in that position he's going to be split out more than he w- he would have otherwise rather than you know motioning into into that position. Now, Ryan, do you have anybody on the Falcons receiving core that you would be targeting or even interested in or is this kind of a Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts and that's it? I think Russell Gage is is still cheap enough to to invest in for sure whether it's a new startup draft or you're looking to trade and, and of course his his value is going to going to get a little bit of uh, of a spike from this as well and uh, but the the back half of the season when Julio was in and out of the lineup I mean Gage was performing that was that was not a fluke and uh, of course that was a result of um, the offense that the Falcons run, having a pretty bad defense, being down quite a bit, I think most of those things continue. Uh, Kyle Pitts is obviously going to get his. So I don't think, I don't think Gage becomes a weekly fantasy starter, but certainly worth the roster spot in redraft or dynasty. Hmm. That's pretty interesting. We're moving on from the Falcons. I don't want to spend too much time on them. They are going to be a trash team this year. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, speaking of a potentially better team, have re-signed Gus Edwards to a two-year deal. Uh, it's just going to consistently clutter that backfield that we did expect him to re-sign there. So it's nothing too surprising. Uh, 700 rushing yards each of his three seasons. So he's going to get his touches. He's going to get his yards. He's going to leech off whichever starting running back is going to be there. Uh, I mean, I'm not too interested in this. Sheehan, do you have an opinion? I mean, we we did a deep dive into the Ravens last week. So go back and listen to that if you haven't. Um, but, you know, Gus Edwards is Gus Edwards. We talked about uh, him as a, a potential bye week filling around the, the same mark as like a, a JD McKissick. So McKissick obviously has that value as PPR. Uh, but I feel like Edwards is a guy that if you're at a, at a pinch, you're like, well, he might get a touchdown, get me 50 yards, and, and that's 11 points more than I would get as someone who might not even get that. I think he's probably going to be good for you know eight touchdowns a year. And if you start him one of those weeks, 
weeks that he he gets that one. Oh, I, I say eight touchdowns only because um, the Ravens are going to run the ball so much inside uh, inside the red zone, uh, and he's he's going to ruin J.K. Dobbins' value uh, a, a few times as well. So you know, if if you pick him up on one of those weeks, if you start him in DFS, one of those weeks is going to be a cheap option. Um, but obviously, if there's an injury to J.K. Dobbins, I think you know we we might be talking about a a potential RB one in in those weeks where Dobbins isn't playing. Oh, man, he's he's just going to be another leech that everyone's going to be frustrated about. But hey, th- this is my favorite part of the football year. This is where we get to the hypotheticals, the rumors, the frustrations, and this is Aaron Rodgers talk right here. I mean, he didn't show up for Packers minicamp. Realistically, it probably doesn't matter, but we like hypotheticals around here. I, I don't care for logic in this part of the segment. We want hypotheticals. George, come on. Help me out here. G- give me the heroin that I need. I don't care if Rodgers didn't show up for camp. That's not what I want. <laughs> Let's say you're, you're, you're done. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just being honest. I don't care. He's, he's going to play this year. Uh, yeah. I still believe it'll be with Green Bay. I figure they'll, they'll get that worked out. Um, I don't see him being traded to to Denver despite what all all the check marks on uh, Twitter were, were guaranteeing the night of the draft. Uh, it, it it just I don't I don't see them trading him. They flat out said we're not going to trade him. I think if they would have traded him, they would have done it in this year's draft before the draft. So I think that was, either his his options are play for Green Bay or sit out. Either way, Green Bay don't care. They just won't pay him. That was a perfectly logical explanation. I don't like it. Ryan, help me out here. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry. I'm I'm with George. Uh, not not concerned yet about Roger's status. I do think he plays. I don't think he sits out games, and I don't think they trade him. So. I think he'll be back with the pack. Uh, you know, I just like both of you guys. Sheehan, help me out here. Come on, throw me a bone. <laughs> I mean, obviously he's going to retire and host Jeopardy. That's what you want. Uh, <laughs> something spicier, something spicier. Tell me how he'll be no, like I, an open uh, later. I also think he's, he's going to be starring in Fast and the Furious 10. How's that later? Oh, okay. That, that would hey, be good. I, I could do it. I mean, he, he's kind of turned his back on family, which is kind of the exact opposite <laughs> of uh, the whole point of the movies. But all right. Hey, redemption arc. I could see it. I could see it. It's <laughs> amazing. All right, comedy. That's what I'm here for, boys. Okay, so before we get to the DNO promo, Sheehan had to make sure to remind me because I kind of forgot about this little segment, but, but my wise, wise words of wisdom. And um, as I think of one on the top of my head, remember, people, if you guys get your panties in a bunch, just don't wipe your ass. That way shit won't bother you. All right? Oh, Congratulations. Oh, no. Yeah, there you go. You like that, that one? That came right? off the top of the head? Yeah, that was right. Yeah, thank you. I think you're getting close to killing this segment that's only two weeks old, man. Old. <laughs> that's pretty good. Hey, come on, R- Ryan, did you get that one? Come on, you you got it, right? Oh, man. That that was deep. That was, yeah, see? <laughs> see? Nader the see? philosopher. Confucius says, and, you know, they call me Confucius out there on the streets. All right, come on, Shannon. You got the floor now. Are you tired of the same old fantasy draft experience? Sick of eating cold nachos, drinking warm beer in a room that smells like farts? Do you long for the days of trash talking? Well, for $30, you can wind back the clock to the glory days of fantasy drafting. Join us in Canton, Ohio on August 14 for Draft Night Out. That's right, shoppers, for one easy payment of $30, you can be part of America's largest fantasy football draft event. And if you're coming to the Fantasy Football Expo, then you owe it to yourself to join us for Draft Night Out. But wait, there's more. Order now and we'll throw in an exclusive T-shirt and a chance to win great football memorabilia. And that's not all. You'll also get a chance to rub shoulders with the fantasy football's best and brightest. So what are you waiting for? Go to draftnightout.com and book your ticket today. Tell them she and sent you. And Draft Night Out is brought to you by Sleepaway, Eat Sleep Fantasy, Draft Party USA, and, of course, my favorite, 
prestige sports memorabilia. That was pretty good. That sounded like an infomercial. I don't know if that was you were going for, but that's that, that's the feeling I got from that. That's it, man. It was a bit of a dial back from last week's NFL films uh, style promo, but that went quite long, so I, I decided to shorten it up. Okay, I can feel it, George. I felt like you, you you look like you have something specific to say. Yeah, what what you need to do is take that, cut it, and just enter it into the middle of every podcast, so you don't have to read it week after week after week. Oh, where's the fun in that? Yeah, go on. <laughs> We're original out here. We don't do those dumb cuts. <laughs> I need to get my show back. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. You lost it. I'm sorry. So, so last week when Sheehan did his NFL films type of, uh, promo, he, we said right after that, don't tell the editor. That way we can find out if he's actually listening to enter it in. And then you went and sent a message in the group chat. Hey, editor, make sure you add this, this, this into it. That disappointed me. You know, we've got, uh, we got three people trying to be sort of Roz to our Frasier here. We got to give them a hand. We can't expect them to listen to our nonsense. Got to no, say I, at this moment, chuck in the autumn wind, make me sound like John Facenda. Like that's what we're about. Uh, I, I was thinking more of the, the OxyClean guy. I forgot his name. Billy Mays. Billy Mays. There we go. It needs something like that. It needs some of that in the background noise. But all right, let's, de- let's deep dive the AFC South. We're on a time crunch here. Mr. Ryan, you know, he's too popular for us. He can't handle <laughs> our conversations. He's just, he's too cool. You know, he walk, oh, he, when man. he wakes up in the morning, he, he pisses excellence. And, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> I just can't handle that. I can't handle that. I piss kidney stones out. But all right, let's, let's go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Yeah, speaking recap. of pissing kidney stones. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Shane, don't be dissing your home team like that. You know they're coming over to you. Hey, well, I was going to say oh, wow. for uh, for the conversation, but I did say to Nata in our draft episode that I think Trevor Lawrence is the only thing standing between uh, Jacksonville and London. If he hits, then uh, then they're staying there. But by the same token, if he becomes a, the face of the team and they're not much good, I think they're coming over here as a, he's a, going to be a marketable asset. And, uh, you know, he'll be lighting up, uh, Tottenham Stadium, which I can see from my roof here. Well, I mean, he can't really be lighting much up considering today. I think he threw two pick sixes off of like five throws. Yeah. And then he, uh, he got a sore hamstring or something like that. I think he's yeah. one of those guys who, you know, throws a gutter ball in bowling and then there's a bit of a soft limp back. Oh, man. A walking boot in, on the way there. Yo, you know, it, ball slipped out of my fingers, huh? That, that <laughs> yeah. A couple of times. All right. So one in five, one in 15, I should say, from the 2020 season, 30th in points scored, 28th in yards gained, 21st in most passing yards allowed, 29th in most rushing yards allowed. Of course, that, we all. That would be, uh, yeah. Sorry. Tw- did I say 21st that right? most passing yards and 29th most. Rushing yards gained. Oh, oh gain. They didn't allow that. Yeah, okay. I've ditched the defenses. We we talked nothing about defenses last week, so we're we're adjusting on the fly here, man. Like what, me watching you play Madden earlier. Hey, hey, I was doing pretty well though. I was winning, and I had to leave that game to start this. So if that's not dedication, I don't know what is. But of course, the fantasy league winner, James Robinson. I mean, he's on the Jaguars, but his, his fantasy stock took the fattest hit I've ever seen in my life. I mean, they draft one in the first round. They signed Carlos Hyde, and, and of course. It just looks like they don't know what they're doing. I mean, if we think the Falcons don't know what they're doing, I feel like the Jacksonville Jaguars are right back behind them. All right. But Ryan, break it down for me here. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually excited for this team. Um, we're not, we're not looking at a playoff team this year, but uh, I think with all the moves they've made, uh, especially and and obviously on offense, uh, along with the new coaching staff, I, th- I think we're going to see a, a, you know, vastly improved team. And, uh, she and sorry, I'm, I'm not sure if they're going to be headed your way anytime soon, other than, <laughs> other than once a year. Uh, I think Lawrence is going to be 
uh, you know, the, the next superstar quarterback and, and we're going to try to keep him over here stateside. <laughs> it's all right. You can have him. We don't want the Jags anyway. <laughs> Who do you want? Uh, I do not know. I would just like the Patriots to play a game over here. I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Nah, we don't care about that. All right. So you can have him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? I, I can, I can I mean, get behind that. They'd be the easiest rebrand. You just draw a line through new and then you sort it. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> when you think about that, when you have the team named the Patriots go to England, that doesn't, yeah. make, that doesn't really work out. I'm sure they'll make it work somehow. I don't know about that one. I mean, considering they're the ones that kind of fought the British. All right. That's a discussion for another time. DJ Tark, he led all receivers with a phenomenal, stout, outstanding 706 yards. Uh, I mean, Coles, Shinar, Shinult, DJ Tark all had five receiving time. This is, this is kind of sad to look at. Gardner Minshew, 2,200 passing yards, 16 touchdowns, five picks, surprisingly. Mike Glennon. Oh, this, this is disappointing. All right. So who, who do I want? If I'm in a redraft league, who do I want? You want you want DJ Chark and Chanel. That's it. The, the, yep. Uh, for redraft purposes, yeah. Uh, for if you, I mean, you're gonna listen. Etn's gonna get drafted. Um, I think he's gonna be overdrafted. I still think there's a role for James Robinson in this offense. The the thing that scares me to death is Urban Meyer. I I I, I feel like he's going to. He, so he looked into Trevor Lawrence, right? Like there was no pressure. He's the clear cut number one overall pick in this uh, draft and it just happened to be the quarterback position. So he lucked into that, but everything else he did in the draft, I'm just not a fan of. And in four years from now, I, I'm going to be looking back at this team and I'm not even sure if Trevor Lawrence will be able to save this man's job. Um, I'm just not that big of a fan of anything that he's done so far. No, drafting, a, drafting a quarterback, like you've got an undrafted free agent who was a stud for you last year. He's super cheap on that undrafted free agent contract that he signed. And you're going to go out and waste a first round draft pick on a running back. Like why? Your defense is horrible. You have much other pressing needs and, and you're going to go out and get a running back in the first round. That's just, that was horrible. Ryan, uh, help George out here. Come on. Give him a counter. <laughs> I, I agree with, I agree with him again. Um, I do like, uh, I, I would, I guess I would disagree that. I really want most of these key players, even on my redraft team, um, you know, even the rookies, even Lawrence, even ETN. Uh, I agree that James Robinson still has a role and uh, we should not be giving up on him too soon. Uh, Marvin Jones, I think, is is the guy, as, as he has been for much of his career, that we're overlooking. I won't be surprised at all if we fast forward to the end of the 21 season and, and Marvin Jones is the leading receiver for the Jags. But he's going to uh, compile all his stats, Ryan, in four games. And <laughs> those are the right be, ones. And, and those and those are going to be the four games nobody starts him because he's not going to do it in consecutive games. He's going to go out, have two touchdowns and a hundred and sixty yards in one game. The next game, he's going to put up twenty-seven yards on two catches, and then you're going to bench him. And then two weeks later, he's going to blow up. It's just, it, it, that's the story of his career. Um, that is true. The, the the problem I see with this is there's just. Like the offense on paper is a very talented offense, right? Like we expect good things from Trevor Lawrence. Uh, we know what we've got in James Robinson because we've seen him play last year. Uh, we think we know what we're getting in ETN, um, from what we've seen in college. We, we, the offense on paper with Chark, with Chanel, with Marvin Jones, like this is a good offense on paper. <laughs> The problem is, is I think they've got like an Adam Gase, a head coach who has no idea what the hell he's doing <laughs> in the NFL. That's uh, a I mean, can't be that bad. 
he was upset that um, uh, what's his name uh, got drafted by the Giants. I'm drawing a blank. The wide receiver, Kadarius Tony. Tony. Yes, Kadarius Tony was not there for him to take in the first round, so he took a running back. Like you have wide receivers, you don't need another wide receiver. Like you want to go four four wide. I mean, what are you doing? Yeah, Cliff Cliff Klingsbury. That offense just draft the wide receiver. It doesn't work. Just take another one. I mean, so they they took the strongest guy in the NFL potentially in the wide receiver position at Jalen Camp, uh, one of their late late round picks. He did thirty reps of benches, which is I believe two twenty five for on his pro day. I mean, that'd be DK Metcalf. That was what say it was the combine that would have set a uh, combine record. And in my opinion, that's worth me spending a lot of capital for him. I mean, if you're stronger than everybody, it just works. I mean, come on, Sheehan, help me out here. I really like Jalen Cam. When I was watching his tape, I saw him do all the things I was hoping to see from Seth Williams. You know, Williams is a much more highly touted prospect, also at a bigger school. Cam's the exact same player, and he's better at the things that Williams can't do. As you say, he's a strong guy. He's got a decent speed about him. Unfortunately, he's a bit buried on the depth chart. As you say, they've got a lot of receivers, but he'd be a guy I'd be looking at picking up at the back end of my dynasty drafts and stashing on my taxi squad. I don't think he's going to do much this year, um, but I think he's a, I think he's a baller. I think he has the potential to be um, a, an NFL wide receiver three at the very least. Um, whether that's fantasy relevant, who's so I mean, he had 48 catches in his college career, but I mean, at that point you're swinging for the fences. If you can afford the roster spot, I think you could do worse from a late round uh, wide receiver than Jalen Camp. Now, right now, other than DJ Tark, wide receivers are Marvin Jones, Philip Dorsett. Is, is that really competition? Like, LaVisca Chanel. I'm not interested in LaVisca Chanel. I've said this a couple times, and I think he's trash. And I, I'll tell you why I think he's trash, and that's because he is a jack of all traits, but he's not good at any of them. And in NFL, it's very obviously you have to be very, very good in the NFL, and you have to be very good at one specific thing. And if you're not good at that one specific thing, then I feel like you just can't produce at NFL level. I feel like he's just going to be another Tavon Austin or what he could have been or something in that sort. Especially when you're in a bad offense, it's hard to produce them such as that. Well, he's better than Tavon Austin. Yeah, I was just saying when you know when you're you listed the quarterbacks earlier. So I'm not exactly sure what you were expecting from Gardner Minshew, Mike Glennon, and Jake Lubin. Uh, I mean, it, it was a very bad team last year. And for fantasy purposes, Chenault was still serviceable. So you would expect with an upgrade at quarterback, uh, upgrade in the running game that, you know, it, it's just going to tend to lead towards upgrade production from the wide receiver position as well. Uh, I'm not, I'm not happy about it. I'm not sold on the Jaguars team. My personal preference, if this was a redraft league, I would try to stay away from the Jaguars offense. I feel like there's just not enough value there. Ryan, you have a closing thoughts before we move on? Yeah, I mean, that's probably fair. I'm, you know, I, I'm coming from a dynasty standpoint. So I think dynasty managers and players should, should definitely be more excited about this Jags team than, uh, than redraft players. So yeah, I, I see what you're saying there. There we go. All right. So the Houston Texans talk about exciting franchises that really know what they're doing. Finished somehow four and 12 last year, 18th in scoring, 13th in yards gains. You know what? We don't have to talk about stats because the quarterback, Deshaun Watson, we don't know if he's playing or not. And he's how not. this team does is heavily revolved around whether he plays or not. George, you already said he's not playing. Sheehan, can we get a poll? Um, I mean, we, I, I don't see him playing, but. 
but stranger things have happened. I certainly don't think he ever plays again for Houston. Whether he ever plays again in the NFL is another a uh, is another issue altogether. I saw Ryan. You shook your head. He's not playing. I'll play He's not playing for Houston for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. That's right. I mean, that's that's the easy call. Um, if somehow this all you know blows over, I, I don't see that happening either. But if if that were to happen. Um, then he's still getting traded. He's not playing for this team. Just a quick mini thought. What if the Packers were to trade Aaron Rodgers for Deshaun Watson? I think that, uh, you know, I think that's potential. I don't think, I don't think, uh, Houston does that. You're not, you're not trading a 25 year old quarterback for a quarterback that's probably got about two or three years left in the league. Now, if you mm-hmm. want to talk about Deshaun Watson for like maybe a Russell Wilson, I, I think that's something more that the Texans would be interested in. Um, but I don't, I don't foresee them trading. Uh, Watson for Rodgers, unless the Packers are throwing in a lot more. Okay, that's fair enough. Let's talk about some wide receivers. Brandon Cooks right now led the league or led the team with 1,500, 1,150, sorry, tripped up there. Will Fuller led with eight receiving touchdowns. I mean, Will Fuller's not on the team anymore. Brandon Cooks has been a thousand yard receiver on whichever team he's been on. I highly want Brandon Cooks. Like if Dynasty redraft, any format, give me a Brandon Cooks. He produces no matter where he's at. I mean, right now, Sheehan, do you have a happen to have an ADP chart in front of you? I know you're I, the ADP guy. The ADP guy, hardly. You're the ADP um, guy. I just happen to be the guy who does the research. He's the wide receiver 42. <laughs> at, uh, and he, he's going somewhere between pick 85 and pick 105 at the moment. Uh, I think he's still on the board in our uh, our sleeper draft at the moment, uh, and I think we're we're in the eighth round or something like that. But we've talked before, Nando, about how, how he's the most disrespected man in fantasy football. Like, unlike Calvin Ridley, who's sneaky old for uh, what he's doing, Cooks is sort of younger than you might uh, give him credit for. All he does is produce, and yes, it's going to be a bad offense, but he is comfortably the best player out there. Um, and I, I want him at wide receiver 42. He's going, I mean, around your, at the same time as your man, Chenault. He's going ahead of Landry. Uh, he's going after Curtis Samuel. Give me Cooks all day. He's the cheapest wide receiver one you're probably going to get uh, in fantasy this year. Yeah, I would say Cooks out of all those receivers you just mentioned. Uh, that's tough. That's tough and it's disrespectful for him. He is. He has been a thousand-yard receiver every year he's played in the league and whichever team he's been on. He he is system proof. And he's, I mean, he, he's played with some good teams, good quarterbacks, but I mean, uh it, it means that you're able to get open, produce some yardage, produce some touchdowns. Uh, now, uh, other than Brandon Cooks, Ryan, is there anybody else you're actually interested in? This is a devastated no. offense right now. <laughs> no, no, there's not at all. Uh, I mean, what they've done at running back just it, it just makes no sense. I mean, clearly they're uh, they're they're locked in on on a punt season, which I. I you know, makes sense from uh, with what they're dealing with at this point. But I just don't know why you even spend the money on Philip Lindsay or, or Mark Ingram. It, it really, yeah, it, it makes no sense. I think the running backs ultimately cancel each other out. Uh, they, they are all going late enough that if, if you want to take a stab and you prefer one over the other, sure, why not? But, yeah, this is an offense I'm just avoiding. Yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't even personally take any stabs. I feel like this is just a waste of picks. Uh, Sheehan, do you have any closing thoughts before we move on? Give me Lindsay all day at um, pick 162. I think he's, after Cooks, he's probably the best player in that offense. Um, and and we've talked about uh, James Robinson, like being a UDFA and disrespected. Uh, Philip Lindsay's got 2,000-yard seasons as a UDFA, and I think it's a hallmark of a bad team that they look at draft pick rather than production. Philip Lindsay's a, a productive player, and I think he's um, he's probably going to be uh, 
at the end of the season, their RB1. I don't think he's going to be a, a fantasy RB1, but he'll have his weeks. Um, in terms of guys I want, there are two, Davis Mills and Nico Collins in, in Dynasty. I think Nico Collins has a good chance to produce, become a, a decent outside wide receiver. You always sort of feel a little bit hesitant about overdrafting based on situation. I think there is potential for that, but but I really like Collins. Uh, Mills is an interesting one. I think he's going to have value this year, but he has to play out of his skin for him to be their quarterback next year. I mean, this is a potential 0-17 team, and if they're at that top end of the draft, then it, it's a one-year job for Davis Mills. And to see end up like Gardner Minshew, who's played decently in the league and and then ends up as a backup or, or can't get a starting job somewhere else because uh, he's on a cheap contract but could be good business or it could be a waste of pick uh, i have a feeling it may be a halfway of a waste of pick all right let's, let's talk about a good team for once come on the indianapolis colts and since we talked a halfway decent amount of the titans we don't have to spend too much time on them uh, we, we can kind of spread our majority on the Colts considering they actually have fantasy value. They actually are going to be a good team. They're going to have looked at. They actually have an RB and all that good stuff. So, I mean, they finished 11 and five last season, lost to the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs, ninth in scoring, 10th in yards gained, 11th in passing, 11th in rushing. Jonathan Taylor is the lead back. Marlon Mack is there, but I mean, he came off what an Achilles injury. I- I'm ready to shun him as, uh, irrelevant in this offense. And then T.Y. Hilton, of course, led the league with six. 600 and led not led the team i should say in 600 receiving yards i mean uh i feel like there could be more help and more done in the wide receivers but of course when philip rivers is the quarterback i feel like there might be a little bit of limitation but i mean right now ryan help me out here who are you targeting i think it's just a it's it's a little bit of a disappointing team based on what they've done this offseason you i mean you back up one year and and they make the big move to bring in philip rivers um, they, they draft Jonathan Taylor and, and Michael Pittman with, uh, I believe that was their, their first two picks or two of their, uh, two of their early picks, certainly. Um, and just made so many moves to improve that offense and, and they've done the complete opposite of that this year. Of course, they, they get Wentz earlier in the offseason, but there's obvious questions about, uh, how wise of a move that was. Um, they bring back T.Y. Hilton when I, I think he just looked Totally done. Uh, seemed to have no offers on the uh, on the free agent market. He's back. I would have preferred to uh, to invest a, another draft pick in a wide receiver rather than bring back Hilton. Right now, Zach Pascal, another wide receiver. I feel like he's just average at best. You know, he, oh, yeah. he's a decent plug and play type player. If you're in a pinch on a bad bye week, but other than that, Michael Pittman is somebody to watch. Paris Campbell, somebody to watch. I'm disappointed in this offense. I'm not. It's static about anybody. George, I know you're a huge dynasty guy. Who would you rather have? Uh, the only person for dynasty purposes, the, the two players on this team that interest me would be Pittman and would be Jonathan Taylor. Um, Jonathan Taylor is and will always be my RB1. Um, so clearly interested there. Um, overall, I feel like this team is going to be one of those teams where at the end of the season, we're going to look back. They're going to be 12 and five, but they're going to be like the, a quiet 12 and five. Like we're not going to realize how solid this team was because they don't have anything really sexy about them on the offensive side of the ball outside of Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Naheem Hines has a role. Uh, he's, he's a really good, uh, third down back. Um, Marlon Mack, if he comes back from that Achilles, uh, injury, he'll be serviceable. He's not somebody that I want for fantasy purposes, but he'll be somebody that will be able to come in and, and, and spell, uh, JT, you know, a couple times a game. Um, 
so he doesn't take an, a, a pounding. Like, I don't want to see Jonathan Taylor get as many carries as Derrick Henry gets a year. Like, I think that's way too many, but like 275 carries for Jonathan Taylor on the year would be, I think would be perfect for him. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I think it's a really solid defense. Uh, the offense, while not sexy, I think it's going to end up being pretty serviceable. And again, at the end of the year, we're going to look back and realize how the hell did they win 12 games this year? <laughs> but that's, that's what's going to happen. On the back of Rodrigo Blankenship, the phenomenal <laughs> kicker, you know, right. we talked about people who are targeting. <laughs> he's true. definitely going to be true. one of them. He, he's probably the kicker one, him and Justin <laughs> Tucker. Yeah. No, yeah. Jason Myers, my there. friend, Jason Myers, come, come down to Miami. We have the best kicker in the NFL. Ah, ah close enough. All right. We'll, we'll leave that debate for another time. <laughs> I was, I, I don't like the Colts team. I think they had a chance to be aggressive to, mm-hmm. to really challenge uh, the AFC powerhouses. And I think they've just done nothing. Like, it feels like they're going to wheel out the same guys and expect a different result. You, you could be right, George. They could go 12 and 5. I could see them just being an average, a game ahead or, but, or behind 500. I think of all the teams in, the AFC South, they've got the broadest range of outcomes between winning and losing. Like if, if Wentz hits, he's still got no one to throw to. As you say, there's, there's Pittman, who I, I quite like, Paris Campbell, who has shown a bit, but has also done nothing. T.Y. Hilton looks washed. Like I feel like maybe they're a candidate to add a receiver later in the off season. You know, I could see them trade for someone underwhelming, like a Devante Parker or even cheaper than that, like add Nikhil Harry. But like, what a, what's that doing to your team? It's, um, I think they had a chance to be aggressive. Their defense isn't great. Um, I, I think this is a, a team that could be set up to win and, and they haven't given themselves that opportunity. Uh, one guy I feel like we should talk about is Mike Strawn, a bit like Jalen Camp. He's probably a deeper sleeper even than that. Uh, he's 25, so he's a little bit older. D2 receiver who just tore it up. He's 6'5". His dad was a college receiver. He's good mates with Michael Irvin. Uh, so he's worked with, with Irv there. Um, but, uh, he was on track to, to run for his native, uh, Bahamas at the Olympics. Um, obviously COVID got in the way and, uh, and now his, his NFL career. So he's got speed, especially for a guy his size. Uh, and I think he's probably a more rounded prospect than is it Jared Harris, Jason Harris, who, um, the Rams took slightly earlier than, earlier than him. Um, and in a team that I think is looking for a receiver, I think they could do worse than Mike Strawn. Hmm. So I think you guys talking about the Titans, not, uh, not the Titans, the Colts being an average team. I'm going to strongly disagree with you. And uh, I think the biggest fact of that is how weak the division is defensively. I mean, you have to look at the Jaguars, weak defense, Texans, weak defense, and even the Titans, their defense isn't that good. Right now, if you take a Colts player, you're going to have eight good matchups throughout the year. And that goes for any team that you or any player you pick in this division. That's why I think this is extremely juicy for the Tennessee Titans. I think if you take anybody in those teams, uh, you are going to be setting yourself up for success considering you're going to be seeing easy matchups throughout the year. Uh, any wrapping thoughts that you guys want to bring out before we move on from the Colts? Yeah, I was just going to do some ADP either or with uh, Carson Wentz here. He's currently the QB 19. Would you rather uh, Carson Wentz or... Ben Roethlisberger. Ryan, I'll let you have this one. Uh, Wentz. Wentz, George? Uh, I'm going with uh, Big Ben. Yeah, Big Ben throws it like 700 times a year. I, I want to know, I, want, I need to know what week it is. Because like, <laughs> after week eight, I may, go, I may change to Wentz. <laughs> Wentz or Tua? Tua. Tua. 
to uh Wentz or Fitzmagic? Uh, Does Wentz have a beard like that? No. That, that's <laughs> true. That's true. That's a good point. Good point. How do you feel about that, Gene? I think, I think there's better. I think, I think, uh, Fitzpatrick has better weapons around him too. Yeah. That's fair. And, and last but not least, Wentz or Sam Donald? <sighs> Wentz. If you're in this situation, your team sucks. <laughs> <laughs> This is the least of your problems. I, I would take Donald in that case. I think he has a much better cast around him, even though oh, okay. he's, uh, I, I think he's only slightly less proven than Wentz, to be honest. I mean, Wentz, I think people are going to be riding on his almost MVP type season. They're kind of hoping that, that he could recalibrate that, but I, I, I wouldn't be too mad at taking Donald over that. I, I couldn't blame you. I'd like to see Wentz succeed. You know, you never want to see a guy flame out after playing so well when he did. Um, and, and reunited with Frank Reich. But, um, I, I don't think he's in that position to succeed, unfortunately. Or, Speak for yourself. I like watching. Or he's certainly in no better position than he was with the Eagles. Huh. All right, let's move on from the Colts and let's move on to the Titans. Of course, we spent a lot of time talking about the Titans already, so I, we'll, we'll make it a little bit of a short and sweep recap. 11-5, and five, lost to the Baltimore Ravens in the wild card, and we got the inevitable, extremely disrespectful stomping on the logo. That made me laugh. I loved it. I love seeing disrespectful moments like that. that that's, my, that's my fetish. Fourth in scoring points, second in yards gains, 23rd in passing yards, second in rushing yards. I mean, Derrick Henry led the league in rushing, touchdowns, and then, of course, A.J. Brown, the legend, led the team with receiving. And he only had 1,075 receiving yards. It's the touchdowns that really cemented his fantasy value. I mean, Corey Davis only had 100 less receiving yards. And, uh, of course, Corey Davis actually missed a handful of games. So it, it, it could have been a different story in who led the team in receiving this year. Ryan Tannehill... AJ Brown missed a couple of games as well. Did he? Sure. He he played through a lot. Okay. I think they they both started 12 games. Yeah. All right. All right. Take that back. I take that back. Ryan Tannehill, 4,000, almost 4,000 passing yards, 33 touchdowns. I mean, Ryan Tannehill has rushing value, actually. I think that's one of his underrated stat is how many rushing touchdowns he had. Because in the red zone, everybody's so focused on AJ Brown. Everyone's going to be focusing on on Julio, Derrick Henry, you know, just a little read option. He's in first easy score. I mean, Sheehan, you have the ADPs out. Is 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 there anybody that you would rather have over these players? Over Ryan Tannehill, there's pro. I'm um I'm not as high on Tannehill as as I think uh, George and Ryan are. Um, they're an efficient offense. Tannehill uh, was had the third highest touchdown rate in the league last year, um, about seven percent. I think there's going to be a bit of a natural regression. There's a new OC in town, um, and you know to 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 throw less than four thousand yards to be as productive as he was in fancy. I think he ran in seven or something like that. I think there's going to be a bit of a a, a natural regression to sort of a borderline QB one. I could see him being overdrafted uh, a little bit. Remember, Her- this this offense still runs through Henry. AJ Brown and, and Julio Jones or not, as much as I love those two players, they might be my favorite two receivers in the league. Um, so I... I'm, I'm out on Tannehill all in on Brown though. I think he's, he's my wide receiver one in dynasty. I think, uh, he's got the edge over Jefferson. I think you could mount a case for him being, uh, potentially a top three wide receiver. Um, maybe drop that back to a, a top five with Julio now in town. Um, unfortunately, man, this is bad news for Josh Reynolds. So at, at some point we'll need to pour one out for him after we were, uh, we've been hyping him up, but. I think our man, the Furk, is still in the frame as a potential uh, sleeper tight end. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Furk, Furk is going to be that guy. Poor one out for Reynolds. Now, I saw George shake his head when you said Ryan Hannahill might regress. And then I saw I saw, I saw, saw Ryan kind of give like an interesting nod. And I like debates. I like arguing. <laughs> George, got a point for us? 
Yeah, Ryan Tannehill um, is probably one of the most disrespected quarterbacks in the NFL. Put some respect <laughs> on his name. Uh, I, I, you got to remember, like he took terrible Miami Dolphin teams to the playoffs uh, <laughs> that were that were coached by Adam Gates, and he he was still managing to will those teams to the playoffs. Uh, since coming to Tennessee, all he's been is a hyper efficient quarterback. So I'm not sure we're going to see this this regression. Um, I actually think he will progress. I think uh, with an added game this year, I think I think he can get to about 4,500 passing yards. I think he can get to uh, about 37 passing touchdowns. Uh, the offense is just stacked. Um, the defenses are not going to be able to, to to stack the boxes against Derrick Henry. I'm not saying he's going to have 2,000 rushing yards again. Matter of fact, nobody in the NFL has ever rushed for back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons. And for Henry's sake, I don't want him to. But if he rushes for 1,400, uh, 1,400 yards and 17 touchdowns, which I think he can duplicate that, like Tannehill's going to have all day to do whatever he wants back there. Um, because you're if you if you blitz him. Now you're putting one on one with AJ Brown and Julio Jones. And, and that's not going to be a recipe for success at all. And, and as you mentioned, Tannehill is under, very underrated with his legs. He can run the ball. Uh, he was a wide receiver in college. So I, I just, I think the guy gets a lot of disrespect from his days in Miami because he's just, he's not super, super flashy is what it is. Like he's not going to go out and have a thousand rushing yard seasons. He's not going to go out. And throw for 5,000 yards. But what's he going to do? He's going to go out. He's going to throw, put up yards. He's going to put up touchdowns and he's not going to turn the ball over. And that, that's what, if I'm an NFL coach, that's what I want from my quarterback. Get me yards. Get me touchdowns. Don't turn the ball over. I my think, concern uh, go ahead. Go ahead, with that Sam. is, and I totally agree. He's that, he's that guy. He's not going to turn, turn the ball over. He's conservative. My concern is that if the offense under the new OC, if it's not humming like, um, Arthur Smith had it, that he's essentially just a, a flashier Derek Carr. And that's that's not a slight. I mean, he's a, a solid game manager quarterback. They'll still be able to win on the back of Derek Henry. But I don't know if he's going to need to throw or, or has it in him to throw if those players aren't open. Yes, he's got those those weapons there and you'd like to see him be able to utilize it. But I I think I think four thousand five hundred's a stretch and I think thirty seven's a stretch. I I just add, see a little add, bit of you progression. Gotta, you gotta there. Remember, they gotta add you gotta add an extra game this year. That's why I, I I'm I'm giving yeah, him boost in the yards. And the offensive coordinator has been in this system for three years now. So it's not like they hired somebody from the outside that's going to bring in their own system. That's not happening. When we talk about highly efficient quarterbacks, I think Russell Wilson has to be on the top of this list. I think that's why a lot of people don't want to put Tannehill up on there because it's hard to be efficient in the NFL, especially when you're throwing it 20 times a game and somehow you rack up 20 touchdowns. I mean, Kirk Cousins last year, he threw the ball the seventh fewest times, yet he still had the ninth most passing yards, and I think it was the the seventh most passing touchdowns. Uh, It's hard to be efficient, but when you have two elite wide receivers, it's definitely doable, and I I expect him to do it. Uh, Ryan, do you have any – I mean, we we both know these are wide receiver ones on the outside, wide receiver one on the RB, and this is now a QB one. The only questionable part is the tight end position, and it's not like too much of a surprise – to everybody, but is there anything else other than eliteness on this offense? Well, I, I have been worried about the change in offensive coordinator as well because, I mean, if you look at what they did last year with, with Smith, I mean, Tannehill had a career year. 
Derrick Henry obviously did. Uh, AJ Brown, I mean, only in the year, only in the lead two years. So it's not quite fair to throw out that career year for him, but he, he certainly got better uh, coming off his rookie year. Uh, Corey Davis had a, had a career year. Johnny Smith looked like he was going to have a career year and, and kind of hit a wall somehow. But, uh, I think it's reasonable to expect the offense as a whole to take a step back. And now with this trade, I wonder if, the addition of Julio Jones, what it does for Tannehill, what it opens up for Derrick Henry, if that kind of masks this transition to a, a new offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair assessment. But right now, say in like a redraft league, who, uh, Sheehan, do you have quick Julio statistics that we can go off of on a quick this or that? And then we'll send Ryan out of here. I know he's a little bit too busy for us. We're starting to get close to the time limit here. <laughs> we, we can do some either or. One of the things, um, the, I guess Ryan sort of touched on to go back to the, the Tannehill base. I feel like Julio Jones bumps the offense by about 15%, but I, I feel like there's a 15% regression in there anyway, which is why I think it's probably about a wash for Tannehill. Um, uh, Julio, okie dokie. So Julio Jones currently the wide receiver, sixteen. Uh, let's go, Julio Jones or Deontay Johnson. Oh, Julio. Yeah. Julio Jones or CD Lamb. Lamb. Huh. Lamb. Yeah. I, th- I, th- uh, I think I'm looking at a dynasty perspective, but I think I want Lamb. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll go Julio. I'll go Julio. Uh, Julio Jones, Chris Godwin. Julio. Ryan. And mm, I'll go Godwin. Okay. Okay. I don't blame you. I'll go Godwin also. Uh, and Julio Jones or Alan Robinson? That's a good one. <sighs> That's my heart right there. Alan Robinson for me. <laughs> I love that me, man. For me too. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I th- actually, well, it's a question mark with Fields. We all assume he's going to be good, but that's never a given. You know, g- give me Julio. I want consistency. I, I'd rather Robinson, but it hurts. I love Julio. I try and get him everywhere I can. Yeah. That's fair. All right. One more. One more. One more. I just clicked off the tab. Julio oh. um, or Michael Thomas? Oh, Julio. Julio. Quarterback issues. Uh, give me Michael Thomas. Yeah, I think I got Michael Thomas. Thomas. Oh, well, I'll be the lone wolf out here. All right. So, Ryan. Tyson, Tyson I, Hill. Wrong to him. No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Ryan, I highly appreciate you coming on. Hopefully, you enjoyed us and uh don't want to just rant on me on Twitter and subliminal tweets, but let everybody know where they can <laughs> find you on Twitter. Yeah, I'll, I'll try not to do that. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Check out uh, check out my work at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Of course. George, what about you? Uh, you, can fi- you used to be able to find my work at uh, SleeperWire Network, but uh, my podcast was hijacked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't imagine why. Uh, I don't know. I got busy at, at work, I guess. Uh, but yeah, you can still find my stuff at, at, at SleeperWire Show. Um, I'm on Twitter at BFTGPod. Uh, I'm not going to let Ryan get out of here without saying uh, thank you for all the work that both you and Scott do for the Scott Fishbowl. I know that is uh, taking up a ton of your time right now. So uh, for everything that you do with that, it is very much appreciated. Thank you. Thanks, George. Speaking of, you know, I'm kind of not in that. That's tacky, man. That's that's really tacky. That's yeah, not the stuff that gets you in the Scott Fish Bowl. <laughs> not that I would know. I'm not in it either. Oh, yeah. See? 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 see, see? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I hit you with a double negative right there. All right, everybody. Good luck. <laughs>